0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the PFN Scouting Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Miller, joined, as always, by my co-host, Ian Cummings. And we're not screwing around today. We're getting right into it. We are doing a mock draft 32 picks in less than 45 minutes for two guys who like to talk. That is going to be really difficult. But first, as always, even though we're moving fast today, I have to ask, Ian, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing good. I'm going to be doing even better when I beat you in fantasy this week. We are actually playing each other. Both teams are 5-2. and two. Both teams are running hot. I think I've got a 5-game win streak. You've got a 4-game win streak, so it's Battle of the Titans. We will see what happens, man. I'm excited. I'm excited, but even more excited for this mock draft. We spent 24 hours just going pick-by-pick. Pick. We, uh, I took... Did I take odds? I took you odds. Took I odds. Yeah, you yeah. took Yeah, yeah. You took evens, and we just kind of went back and forth. Um, and It was a really fun exercise. I mean, every mock draft is fun. I think mock drafts are You know, they get a little bit of a bad rap this time of year, right? Like, it's all about addressing different possibilities and scenarios. It's not saying what's going to happen. It's really an exploratory exercise, and we really indulged in that this this time around. So I had a lot of fun. How do you want to rattle off the picks real quick? Do you want to go back and forth? We're going to go back
0: and forth. You're going to take the odds that you picked. I'm going to take the evens. We have a couple that we really want to discuss for a couple of minutes at a time, but the rest of them, we're going to make the picks. We're going to say one quick thing about them and then get to the next one
1: all right well hey i let it off with drake may going to the chicago bears number one overall basically simply if the bears are picking that high probably a regime change probably a qb change and i like may he's my qb one right now so I, that's my pick for number one what do you have at number two Dalton?
0: yeah number two the arizona cardinals very easily could have went with caleb williams here but i went with marvin harrison jr um and it, this is bolded so i assume that you have a question about it
1: yeah really just uh what what was the decision with passing on a QB because obviously Caleb Williams has been hyped up this yeah. entire cycle and I know it's been a little rocky the last few weeks but nothing has changed regarding him as a very very good quarterback prospect an investment for the future but I assume you're keeping Kyler Murray yes. for the long yes I'm with with, with
0: with the contractual situation with him not playing yet so far this year and I, I think he'll come back and he will play I think that that team is going to try to do what they can to to surround him with weapons and see what they can actually get done with him at the quarterback position because they do have some contractual situation to, to yeah. get through with him before it's, now here's it's nice here's a question
1: move. that i also want to ask how different is caleb williams from kyler murray right because that was something that kind yeah. of stood out when i was thinking about it like hey would I rather have Caleb Williams and some veteran receiver that might not be might not have as high a ceiling as Marvin Harrison Jr. Or can I have Marvin Harrison Jr. and Kyler Murray? Is Murray all that different? Are you really sacrificing that much by keeping him and going with MHJ? I
0: mean, I, I think that when you look at Caleb Williams, you're looking at somebody who is even more creative than Kyler Murray is as a as a passer. As a runner, it's it's yeah. not really that that close. I think Kyler Murray is a different level of athlete. And Caleb Williams is actually a very good runner. He is makes the first guy miss at an incredibly high rate but I think when you look at it they are going to do what's best what they think is best for them to to try to win a couple of games next year and I think that pairing Kyler Murray with somebody like Marvin Harrison Jr. who we both think is going to hit the ground running at the next level is the better pairing right now
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you go by the Raw ranking, I mean, MHJ is my top overall prospect, right? So it's like the dude is, we've used, we've seen the word generational thrown around a lot, but he's about as close as it gets. And I think he showed that with this Penn State game. So no complaints for me, just quarterback versus non quarterback, always a discussion for those yeah. top teams to have. Number three for the Chicago Bears, I picked Dallas Turner, Edge out of Alabama. I really thought about a wide receiver, but, you know, I didn't know if there was a guy worth picking quite this high. Uh, besides MHJ, and I thought getting the top defensive talent for a team that really needs edge production. Turner isn't quite at Will Anderson Jr.'s level as a prospect, but the tools are absolutely there. Explosive, bendy, incredible length, too. So I think the full foundation is there to really grow into a defensive uh, weapon and a game changer.
0: With the fourth pick in our mock draft, I took Kayla Williams to the Denver Broncos, and this one's pretty simple. I don't think, and it's, it's tough because when you look at what Russell Wilson is as a quarterback and you look at what Caleb Williams is as a quarterback, there are a lot of similarities there. Now, Caleb Williams is a much better athlete at this point in his life than Russell Wilson is at this point in his life. Um, And I think that overall the arm talent with Caleb Williams is on another level when it comes to creative ability. And I think that you're going to see that head coach who does not give a crap about hurting people's feelings uh, will move on from Russell Wilson if he has the opportunity
1: nice I love it I went quarterback number five as well New York Giants picking JJ McCarthy from Michigan and I know this is the first one I just gotta
0: ask they just they just paid Daniel Jones 40 million dollars this is the direction that you went here you have to explain yourself
1: I know, I know, and you know, part of me, part of me making this pick was like, I just want to cause some chaos, man. Yeah, that, this, is chaos. Chaos. <laughs> this, this is, is chaos. This is chaos for sure. But here's the question that I was asking: What is more damaging? Moving on from Daniel Jones, right now, not right now. You know, I think he's got he's got a contractual out, a potential out in 2025. So after 2024, with around 22 million in dead cap, right, it's going to be really costly. But here's the thing: What's more damaging, that or sticking with a guy that you know is not the guy for four years? And you have a young core that's built and you drafted Deontay Banks, who's already become a very good young cornerback, uh, Andrew Thomas on the offensive line. You've got Dexter Lawrence, you've got Kayvon Thibodeau, right? You know, I don't think the young core for this team is complete, but I do think it's starting to build to that level where, you know, if you stick with Daniel Jones for the next four years, you might waste some of that talent, right? So I'm looking at this quarterback class and I look at what J.J. McCarthy has done this year. I, for me, Daniel Jones what he was going to max out as was a top 15 guy. Right. And I think last year in particular, he showed that he could be that, right. A guy who's a solid game manager, who's, you know, accurate enough, right. Who's efficient enough. If he has really good structure in place for him, but this year the offensive line has regressed, not great playmakers. And yeah, there are some excuses to make for him, but at the same time, I don't know if he has the talent to elevate his unit. And I don't know if he has the elite processing, but I know he doesn't have the elite processing ability to counteract that. So I'm pretty certain that he's not the guy for New York. And how much time do you want to waste on a QB like that? For me, if you have an opportunity to cut your losses, yeah, it's the tough move. But I also think it's the high character move. I think it's the high, you know, willpower move, right? Some teams don't have the willpower to say, like, hey, we were wrong so, so quickly into this kind of process. But I look at a passer like J.J. McCarthy, who is athletic, who is very, very, the arm talent is very distinct with him. You know, it's, it's clearly higher level than Daniel Jones. And then the growth that he's shown in structure so far this year, navigating the pocket, making quick decisions, the risk propensity to anticipate really tight windows. I think just overall, he's a better prospect than Jones ever was. And I think getting him uh, at the front end of this young core building up, I think that could be a really good move for the Giants. It's going to be tough to make in the in the short term, but I think in the long term, it's ultimately less damaging been wasting four years on Daniel Jones resetting down the line and that's my thought process here it's going to be a tough move to make but ultimately I do think it will be better down the road
0: oh it's a progressive move I just my entire left hamstring just balled up <laughs> and, and and curled up that was that was <laughs> painful for a second we're moving on to the sixth pick which is the New England Patriots who have been uh, kind of painful on offense so far this season and they <laughs> suck They are terrible at drafting and developing wide receivers. So they're not going to do that. They are going to draft a tight end. That is Brock Bowers. And I call him a tight end. He's a tight end. He's a wide receiver. He's literally whatever you want him to be. He's one of the best players in college football. And that is the sixth pick to the New England Patriots.
1: Number seven, Green Bay Packers. You need an offensive tackle. David Bakhtiari is going to be out the door soon. Yeah, I mean. He's done. So I'm, I, and I think you know Jordan Love. There is a conversation to be had if he doesn't progress down the line. Maybe pick a quarterback in this class. I'm not quite at that point yet. I want to give him more time. I want to give him more support. So I'm taking the player who was elevated to my OT one status, Joe Alt, Notre Dame, athletic, flexible, really improved his hand usage and his and his uh, you know his strength as well. I think he's the complete package.
0: I think that's a fantastic pick. And another fantastic pick with the eighth selection in the NFL draft. The Los Angeles Chargers select Malik Neighbors, wide receiver, LSU.
1: This I bolded for multiple You're reasons. You're just mad. You're just mad I'm that just, I stole not, him from I'm not, you. I'm not mad. I, I am mad. I am mad. I literally messaged Dalton after this because I had the... Um, at uh, number nine, I had the Titans and I was circling neighbors. I did not expect him to pick neighbors at all with this pick. I was like, all right, I know what my next pick is, is. I know I can, like, you know, kick back, kick my feet up and relax. And then he picked neighbors. And I'm like, all right, well, we're throwing it out the door. But a, a few questions I have for this one. Number one, what does this mean for Quentin Johnson? They picked him in round one this past year. And me personally, as an evaluator, he was my wide receiver one, but I've kind of been reevaluating because he hasn't hit the ground running. It's been a little bit tougher for him to integrate. Uh, for me, as an evaluator, it's shown me that separation ability and ease of separation maybe can't take it for granted as much maybe i need to scrutinize a little bit more uh, with guys who it does come easy to you know i thought he had the flexibility and the bend to get there but it's going to take a while for him to get there and some guys never hit it because of the pressure when you hit the nfl level but what does this mean for quentin johnson the round one investment this year you've got keenan allen and mike williams still I don't know. I, I forgot about their contract statuses, but what does that mean for Quentin Johnson and the wide receiver moving forward with neighbors entering the fold?
0: Uh, yeah, with with Keenan Allen, he's just he's starting to get up there and age He's still fantastic wide receiver. Mike Williams can't stay healthy. That's a problem. Um, and they have no speed on the offensive side of the ball uh, when it comes to at least wide receiver and Quentin Johnson has speed, but he doesn't have the type of speed that is necessarily like that. That actual downfield threat that yeah. they really need, and you know Zay Flowers is the guy who was staring them in the face, and, and they they could have selected and did not, and I thought that that was the mess the, the messy move that that probably should have happened. But Malik Neighbors in the next season, um, coming in and being that kind of third wide receiver to start, but being able to play on the outside, and I think that that allows you to put Quentin Johnson in a role to where you can use him a little bit more as a big slot and get him some manufactured touches and just let him do what he was really good at doing at TCU, which was get the ball in his hands, allow him to make plays after the catch. So that's kind of where I am at with with Quentin Johnson and uh, where I'm at with Malik Neighbors and why I uh, decided to select him there.
1: Yeah, just I'll I'll give you an opportunity now for like thirty seconds, just wax lyrical about his fit with Justin Herbert, because that's just that feels insane it's to me. Just, that feels-
0: yeah, I mean, <laughs> slot fade. I I say it's gonna be a great fit with Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert has not played well the past couple of weeks. He's still one of the top ten quarterbacks in the NFL. And when we're just talking about physical abilities, he's top five. But I think when you look at it, that slot fade that we've been seeing so much from Malik neighbors and Jaden Daniels this year is the same kind of thing that you could see next season. Um, and then also just his ability on the outside, um, those routes that are those not 50 fifties, but the stop routes where he's using his physicality to come back to the ball. Justin Herbert is fantastic at leveraging passes away from tight coverage, and he has the physicality and ability to go and make those catches as well. So I think it's a good fit overall.
1: I love it. I hate it because I wanted neighbors for the Titans at nine, but I love it. Number nine for the Titans. Neighbors was my first pick. When he got taken away, I pretty much zeroed in on offensive tackle because Andre Dillard has not been good this year. You need a left tackle for whoever is quarterback in the future. And yeah, or ever, right? But whoever is the quarterback in the future for Tennessee, you need proper protection. Right. So number nine overall, I'm going Olu Penn State. He had a bit of a rough outing late in the game against JT Tui Molau. It's important to note that Tui Molau does have an elite power component. The bend, uh, those parts of his game, the finesse, a little bit less. But the power is definitely awe-inspiring with him. So Fashanu wasn't perfect, but I still think Fashanu has arguably the best combination of physical tools and refinement in this class. I think Alt's ceiling is higher, and I do think alt has really closed the gap from that technical perspective. But uh, Fashanu is still a top-ten prospect and still a, a book left tackle.
0: Yeah, and with the very next pick, the the man who dominated him for a couple of snaps in the fourth quarter, J.T. Mulau, Mula, uh, Wow, uh, the New Orleans Saints select J.T. Tuimolau uh, from Ohio State. The defensive end. I, I don't even call him an edge. He is a legitimate hand in the dirt defensive end, and that's the reason why the New in- or yeah New England, the New Orleans Saints selected him. And it's just the quintessential New Orleans Saints draft selection.
1: Yeah, they, uh, they love those big edge guys. And so I, I saw the fit and it's like top 10, yeah. a little rich for me still, even yeah, after yeah, that yeah. game. But, you know, you're looking at the Saints and what they prefer. You can definitely see it. And we've seen team fits kind of accelerate players and their value like that in April. So I can see that happening for sure. Number 11, I went with another quarterback. I went with Michael Penix Jr. Uh, from Washington. Uh, you know, I just think, I, I don't know. I, I'll let you ask your questions first because I, I saw it's bolded. So It's high.
0: It's yeah. high. He, yeah. He's been he's he's been fantastic so far this year, but with the injury history, I wonder what his ceiling actually is. That said, the Raiders I think long term absolutely need a quarterback. It's a, a little bit weird for me to see somebody who isn't m- more of a, a project. I think J.J. McCarthy would be a great pick here. Somebody who mm-hmm. could develop a little bit behind Jimmy Garoppolo because they aren't going to have Jimmy Garoppolo around for a couple more seasons, um, but. Penix with the way that he's played so far this year, it's actually kind of difficult to argue against him going in the first round.
1: Yeah. And it's one of those things where, you know, if I'm looking for a pocket passer in today's day and age, like I want them to have that driving velocity. I want them to be willing to take risks and, you know, test those tight windows. I want them to be decisive, you know, accurate, right? And Penix to me checks all those boxes. And not to mention the poise, the competitive toughness, right? I mean, the dude is incredibly resolved in the pocket, too. And we talked a little bit about that after his Oregon game. So, for me, Penix Jr. has all the tools that I'm looking for from a pocket passer, along with enough passable athleticism to you know, sidestep rushers and create space within the pocket when he needs to. Uh, so for me, the injuries are interesting because you look at Jimmy G, a quarterback who's also dealt with injuries. This Raiders often, uh, front office might not be inclined to test another quarterback with medical issues, but even you know, taking that into account too, Josh McDaniels. I'm not sure if he sticks around if they continue to struggle this year. Dave Ziegler, I'm not sure. Maybe there's a change in the front office if they continue to struggle this year and the Raiders team hasn't been built very well. You know, there's a lot of bloated contracts. So, you know, I'm looking at that and I'm thinking maybe there's a complete change. And if there's a complete change, You might be looking at quarterback at number 11. Penix Jr., I think, is a guy who can hit the ground running with his operational skill set, but then also elevate the offense and its targets. You look at Devontae Adams. If they keep him past this year, I would love to see him and Penix play in the same offense for a year or two. I would love that. That would be incredible. And then Jacoby Myers as well. You know, I think he can be a Jalen McMillan type for Penix at at this level. I think, you know, that reliable chain mover, red zone threat, guy who can just really uh, get those completions down. So for me, Penix Jr., uh, you know, I think – outside of those top three guys jj mccarthy is resident in my qb1 qb3 spot again but uh, past those guys penix jr to me you know has the arm talent the toughness to make it happen at the next level with his intangible tools so that was the thought process for the raiders picking him Uh, i think jimmy g does give you a bridge quarterback in the in you know the near short-term future but also the injuries the interceptions the turnover worthy plays i just i don't know how long you can rely on him in that
0: at number 12, we have the Minnesota Vikings, and they went with Kool Aid McIntyre. This one's pretty easy for me. Uh, they need a, a little bit of help in the secondary at cornerback specifically. And Kool Aid McIntyre is very, 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 very good in zone coverage. And that defense runs a lot of zone coverage. They also run a little bit of cover zero. They'll show cover zero a bunch that they're a very um, multiple secondary with what they do on the back end. And that's something that Kool Aid McIntyre would do a very good job of at the next level because he does a fantastic job of it at alabama as well at number 13
1: yeah real quick cool mckin street and purple and gold i love that aesthetic another mm-hmm. aesthetic yeah. i love uh keon coleman in that blue and white with anthony richardson number 13 of the colts i'm going keon coleman from florida state you bolded this one pretty late just right yeah. before the podcast today so uh tell yeah. me what questions you got
0: I don't have a question. I just wanted to bring up the fact that this is the perfect pick for the Indianapolis Colts. They need that X receiver. They need their AJ Brown in this offense with Shane Steichen. Uh, I love Michael Pittman Jr. I think he's a fantastic compliment. He's not that number one alpha guy that Keon Coleman is. So I think this is a fantastic team and player fit here. At number 14... Washington Commanders take JC Latham. They just need offensive line help. I mean, they need they need more than just offensive line help, but the offensive line help the, at right tackle, I think, is a good fit for the Washington Commanders right now.
1: I went with the right tackle at number fifteen for the Rams, although he will pay the left tackle for the Rams. They have Rob Havenstein at right tackle, but I'm going with Talise Fuaga from Oregon State. This was one of the toughest picks that I made in this mock because the Rams have a lot of potential needs and a lot of good value players at this point. Um, but I just ended up, you know, Matthew Stafford is getting older. He's still playing very well. So I want to try and maximize that. I want to solidify his protection unit. Talise Fuaga, for me, you know, he's a natural right tackle. But I look at Tristan Worfs, a player at Tampa Bay who is, you know, a phenomenal athlete, very coordinated mover as well. And he made the move to the left side this year and ended up, you know, flourishing. So I think Talise Fuaga, I think one of his strong points as a prospect is coordination too. So I do think he could pull off that move if he wanted to put him on the left side, let him go to work. He's a near blue chip talent for me in this class. So one of the top rated prospects remaining at a premier position of need uh, for me that ended up sealing the deal. Talise Fuaga to the Rams at fifteen.
0: The Arizona Cardinals select Latu, Latu, edge, UCLA. He is a a lot of people's favorite edge rusher in this class. And I, I don't think that the ceiling is as high as Dallas Turner is. For me, Dallas Turner is the top guy. Uh, But I have actually sat down. I've I've watched a little bit of Latu's tape, and I'm incredibly impressed with the package that he brings to the table. I think his hands are fantastic. And I think for the Arizona Cardinals, he's somebody who he has the athleticism to if he has to drop back into coverage. He's he's athletic enough. He's fluid enough. I just don't know how much explosiveness he has. He's not going to be a a Hassan Reddick type of guy, but I still think that he's a good fit in Jonathan Gannon's defensive scheme. At number 17, who you got?
1: Number 17 to the New York Jets. I got Bo Nix from Oregon uh, going quarterback here for the Jets. They could have gone tackle. I think they need to, you know, elevate one of those tackle spots. Mekki Becton has actually had a few good reps this year, so maybe they extend him. We'll see what happens there. But uh, I was going quarterback long-term, and I think I bolded this one, actually. I don't know if you bolded this one, but I wanted to, you know, just touch on Bo Nix's fit in this offense. I really think that, you know, Zach Wilson – you could see the vision when they picked him, right? The the creation capacity, the play out of structure, right? The ability to make those game-changing throws. Uh, but one of his biggest downfalls was that he just couldn't be that distributor in structure, right? The on-rhythm throws, you know, the accuracy, the poise, and the rhythm in those short window throws. It wasn't there, but I think one of Bo Nix's best traits so far in in his resurgence to Oregon is that he has been that distributor. You know, he's extremely accurate, you know, especially on rollouts and design play action, boot actions. Like he's very, very composed. The shoulders are always level off platform, you know, very accurate in structure, out of structure, and then just the ability to keep the chains moving, to keep the offense on structure. Or on rhythm, you know, I think that's one of his greatest strengths. In tandem with his high-level creation capacity and arm talent, so looking at that, you know, I think it could be an opportunity to right your wrongs with Zach Wilson. And on, on top of that, too, you know, having that ability in structure to keep things in rhythm, you know, that can help you withstand adversity early on while you're kind of getting the the longer progressions down, right? So I think Aaron Rodgers could be a great mentor for him. I'm looking at this, and I'm just thinking, you know, Bo Nix has shown us a lot this time of Oregon. I think the Jets. You know they had a vision with that last pick but i think they could fulfill it a little bit better with this one either way they're going to have to look at qb in the near future and Rodgers is coming off an achilles uh, tear so we'll see what happens but long term that was kind of the vision here.
0: yeah i i don't think it's a bad pick at all and i think that that the type of quarterback that bo nix is is perfect for what they have uh to complement that defense which is fantastic just Play, you know, not necessarily ball control, but plays a little bit of ball control. Be smart mm-hmm. with football. Be able to make some plays with your legs because he's able to do that as well. And uh, more than anything, just take care of the ball and don't put your defense in a bad situation. Yeah. Um, At number 18, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals selected Jerzon Newton, defensive tackle, Illinois. And uh, we're going to talk about it later, but I think that that might be my favorite fit in this entire class.
1: Dude, I was like, I was messaging him after that, like, oh shoot, DJ Reader and Jerzan Newton, like, let's go. And 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 I believe,
0: I believe Reader and BJ Hill are both on the final years of their deal. And I don't know if they will resign either of those guys. So defensive tackle kind of is a need for them. Um, But yes, pairing Newton with DJ Reader would be absolutely disgusting. Number 19.
1: Number 19, this was a tough one for me too. I had a few players that I was considering. I had a linebacker and a safety that I was considering. We ended up not having a linebacker or safety picked in this entire first round, but I was considering two um, at this point. But, but I ended that's up. That's taking... not
0: necessarily true, but I'll talk about that later.
1: That's right. That's right. I forgot. I forgot. Let's let's keep them in suspense there. But um, yeah, for number 19 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I ended up taking the highest graded player remaining on my board, Ameka Aguka, wide receiver out of Ohio State. You bolded this one. Uh, what you got? Yeah.
0: Yeah, um, you're just replacing Chris Godwin with Chris Godwin. Good. That's, yeah. that's, that's all you need to do. Yeah, good. That's good job. Uh, Chris Godwin is on the final year of his deal next year. And in this trade deadline might be a trade candidate. Probably not because I think Tampa Bay looks to compete this year still, um, but could be a, a, a player that moves if they lose uh, on Thursday night against the Buffalo Bills today.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like in the immediate timeline too, like how he fits this offense. Like yeah. he can absolutely be that slot guy, but you can move him around everywhere. You can see mm-hmm. him, touches off motions. He can play on the boundary if he needs to. So I think a Mecha right now, in that one year that you're going to have all three of him Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. He can be that chess piece, right? He can really be that player, but then he's so good at carving through zones, beating man coverage with his leverage awareness, you know, the really strong hands and the coordination to uh, corral rack passes while keeping his stride, the explosiveness. I mean, to me, he checks every single box of that three level threat and the versatility that he will give this offense uh, is going to be very good. You know, Baker Mayfield, I don't know if he's the guy long term, but credit to him. He has played admirably this year. And if you give him a little bit more time to sustain that growth within this offense, you give him another weapon with the Mecca Aguka who can take those rack passes, who knows what they could do. I'm very excited. That defense is still really good. Uh, So if you get Aguka, complete that weapons core, uh, you could be looking at some production down the line.
0: At number 20, the Atlanta Falcons select Jop Robinson, edge rusher PSU. Listen, at some point, yeah, at some point, the Atlanta Falcons need to draft a young edge player that actually works out. And I think that he's the one to do it.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, honestly, this is one, I didn't even bold this one, but just like Chop Robinson is probably one of my favorite players in the entire class and looking at him as a stand-up edge rusher in that scheme. I mean, the dude, and you move him around too. Like he's a guy who can shade yeah. outside of zero tech and one tech, like he can loop around from interior alignments, but then at the same time, get him in a wide seven or a wide nine and he's got the explosiveness and the long strider uh, gate to really cover ground with ease and then the violent hands. I mean, to me, uh, the dude is just a maniac out there. So I love getting him on the edge to kind of supplement that defense At number 21, I have Buffalo Bills selecting Nate Wiggins, cornerback out of Clemson. He's played very well this year when he's been healthy. He's got length at 6'2", really explosive, fluid, free-flowing athlete, but then really good coverage instincts. I think the route recognition ability, the quick reaction, really is what sells me on him. And then the ball skills to convert at the catch point as well. So Nate Wiggins, he might have the inside track to my CB2 spot. We will see, but I think he's absolutely a first-round pick. And then you look at Trey, uh, Tredavious White, You know, coming off another major injury, probably not going to be able to stay healthy. I'm really concerned about that. And then Kyrie Elam, I really liked Elam as a prospect coming out. But for whatever reason, it just hasn't worked out in Buffalo. So I think cornerback is still a major need on the boundary for uh, the Buffalo Bills. and Nate Wiggins, to me, can really help solidify that.
0: Yeah, at number 22, the Dallas Cowboys select Cooper DeGene, defensive back.
1: Yes. Iowa. This I do it. not this list him it. as a
0: corner. I do not list him as a safety, and that is exactly what the Cowboys want. All right. Why well, bolded
1: this one? So, yeah. what's your vision here? What's your vision here, Dalton? Talk what's to my, us about it.
0: My my vision is he's the new J. Ron Kurs. Okay. You take the six two kid, six three kid, however tall Cooper DeJean is, um and you use him as a return man if you would like to, but. You also use him as that tight end eraser because I think that he is the, the, the fantastic ability and the length to to cover some of the better tight ends in the NFL with that athletic package that he has. And on top of that, I think that he's fantastic in the box as a run defender as well. He's going to put on a little bit of weight, probably, you know, 5-10 pounds um, over the course of time. It'll, it'll take time to do it well. But... I think that it is a fun endeavor. The Cowboys love to play with multiple defensive backs on the field. They played with three, sometimes even four safeties on the football field at one time. And I think that he's a guy who, you know, even if there's a pinch and they need a boundary corner and he might end up being a boundary corner for them as well. Um, because he can play on the outside. That's what we've seen him do. He's on the boundary, he's a fantastic player overall as well. Um, but I, I think for me and my vision you play him you know more as an overhang type of guy
1: mm-hmm. talk to me a little bit about how he plays off of deron bland and trayvon Diggs in that in that corner room
0: yeah for me for me he's more of in that safety room so jaron curse mm-hmm. moves away he's no longer a dallas cowboy and uh you you just bring cooper DeJean in for that role um but he's somebody who if trayvon Diggs gets hurt or if they're unable to upgrade cb2 I think that he's a great fit because, I mean, we've already seen him be able to take the ball away. We've seen his abilities um, to to go and take the ball. Um, So I think that it's a a good fit because the Cowboys love those type of outward playmakers. Even if they make some mistakes, even if they are a little bit aggressive at times, I think that they will take that to get that turnover.
1: Nice. I love it. I love the playmaking ability that he provides with the versatility too. I think that's a great pick. Uh for the what number are we on? Twenty-three. That's 23. Right. I forgot. I forgot for a second. Twenty-three. The Pittsburgh Steelers select center. Cedric Van Praan, there were a few other options that I was considering, but let's face it, you need a center upgrade. Mason Cole is pretty much an average starter, right? You need a guy who can get those reach blocks, who can explode to the second level, who can finish with physicality. Uh, Cedric Van Praan is my top center. I think he's explosive, really tenacious, really well-leveraged. I think for me, he's easily the top center in the class. And for solidifying that offensive line with Kenny Pickett, I think that's, you know, if you're going to get the most out of him, you need to solidify that line. You need to maximize it. And on top of that, getting him reunited with Roger Jones. Uh, There's some good things with that pick. So Cedric Van Prandt, Steelers at 23.
0: And at number 24, the Houston Texans select Jared Verse, edge rusher, Florida State. I just think that he is a nice little uh, yang to uh, the yin of, oh my, why can't I, I, dude, Will Anderson. Anderson. Just Will Anderson's name just absolutely escaped me there for a second. My mind was somewhere else. Um, no, I just, I just think it's a, a good complimentary fit. Somebody who plays with, you know, maybe a little bit more power. I think Will Anderson is far more powerful than he was ever given credit for coming out of Alabama. But when I look at verse, that is more of his game. Um, the violence that he plays with, I think he's a little bit too stiff for what I like as a, a pure pass rusher, but I think the overall package is good enough, especially to take towards the end of round one.
1: Yeah, for sure. I like that as well from the value is really good there. At number twenty-five, I have the Seattle Seahawks picking defensive lineman Landon Jackson from Arkansas. I bolded this one because I want to talk about this guy. But first, have you have you caught any reps of him, Dalton, at Arkansas? I
0: sure have. What I do you- sure have. Well, well, I'm gonna let you-, you. I'm gonna let you speak on him first, and then okay. I'll come in with it.
1: All right. Well, first off, Landon Jackson, man, three and a half sacks against Alabama. This dude. I'll be honest. I, I wish I'd gotten to him sooner because you know, looking at the tape, particularly against Alabama, I think he's been a little hot and cold, a little hit or miss. Outside of that, but when he when he's on, he is incredible. I mean, this is a guy who's around 6'7", 281 right? The dude is insanely built. Uh, you know, he's got length. He's got really lean mass for his size, but. At this size, man, he is working outside of the tackle. He is levying cross chops. He is using bend to get around the apex, and you know he's cornering at almost 90 degrees on some of these reps, right? You know, it's incredible, you know, transitioning from upfield to lateral pursuit, just like that. The flexibility is really incredible with him, and then the ability to multitask with hand usage around the apex, the ability to flow seamlessly from an, an arm over move right off the snap to a cross chop and just completely deconstruct opposing anchors and extensions. I mean, the dude is a technician uh, with incredible flexibility. And for me, you know, I, I caught his tape. You know, there are a few questions I do have. I don't know if the bend, if the burst is absolutely elite, right? The first step is absolutely elite. But he graded out extremely well for me, a well-rounded player with really good bend capacity for his size and agility, too, to stunt across gaps. Um, I think for the Seattle Seahawks team, you're looking the guy who you could maybe add a few pounds to his frame. and play him inside a little bit if you want to, play him outside. I think that alignment, versatile chess piece is really the only thing that they're lacking. You've got Jerron Reed, uh, you've got Boye Mafe, who's really coming into his own, as that outside rusher, so you can put Landon Jackson at five-tech in those over fronts, but you know you can move him inside if you want to, stun him around. I think really the flexibility, the possibilities that you have with Landon Jackson are numerous, and i would be very excited to see in the seattle defense this is one of the seattle seahawks picks that was kind of off the wall right kind of what we've come to expect from them right a pick that's kind of a little you know off the radar but with this one in particular i would be i would be really giving them a nod like saying like, hey this is a good pick because this he's a good football player and he's a good talent
0: yeah i don't think this is going to be a an off the wall pick for a long time I, I think that by the time we come around to atlanta jackson is going to be talked about in the first round quite a bit and it's uh for a, a lot of the reasons why you said, I think for being six foot seven and for being two hundred and eighty pounds, he he does carry that weight incredibly well. I think that the power aspect of his game could get even better. I think oh, yeah. that naturally it is there. I think that he maximizes his length really well as an edge setter running uh, against the run. Um, his stance is going to need fixed because it's it, very very tight. Uh, the the feet are very close together, and that often you makes him shoot high, which is already not good for being six foot seven. And I think that especially playing inside is when you see that quite a bit. Uh, it happened to him against Old Miss, and I, I don't take a ton from the Alabama game. I love the hand usage. I love particularly the ability to to hit those ninety degree angles at six foot seven and at, at his size. I think that he has good explosiveness. I think my my biggest issue is that that. Freshman left tackle at Alabama has got a lot to learn still. He's not a very good football player at the moment, not by Alabama standards. So I think when you look at that game, you do kind of have to take it with a grain of salt because he's been bad against pretty much everybody. Um, The quarterback also does not help very much because he is also inexperienced at Alabama, but the, the moves themselves that he was putting together, especially against Alabama were fantastic. I think that he shows good secondary effort. And I think that if you can fix his stance and get him a little bit more consistent off of the snap against the run, you can move him into the four eye and that five technique and play head up on people and shoot gaps. And I think that the one thing that I liked about him most is his ability to make plays across the field because he is so rangy and it's just because every single step he takes is like eight and a half feet covers so much ground with those long legs but he's also able to change direction very well for that size. So I think that he's somebody who is still coming together a little bit, but I think somebody who is going to be a really good football player at the next level, especially as he continues to grow into his body. We've talked about him enough. We got to move on. The 26th pick, the San Francisco 49ers select Amarius Mims, offensive tackle Georgia. Just get a right tackle. Please get a right tackle. Please, please, please. And when he's been on the field, he has been fantastic.
1: I love the fit. Also, Trent Williams is going to be, you know, yes. at some point, he'll be moving on. Maybe not. I mean, he's still Maybe going on. Maybe he'll
0: play up. till he's 50. I don't know. Maybe. We'll <laughs> see. But
1: good. for the for the, for the the time being, while well, he's here, I love getting Amarius Mims to learn under Trent Williams because both these guys are freaky athletes in the tackle position. And if you can get Williams mentoring Mims for a few years, it could be just a, a dynastic combination for San Francisco when it comes to freaky offensive tackles. So I love that, that mentorship aspect. At number 27 for the Jacksonville Jaguars, I've got them picking Princely Uman Milan, edge rusher from Florida. I, I think they should extend Josh Allen. He's playing out of his mind right now. I think Trayvon Walker is better than people let on. I do think he's still developing as a pass rusher, but that power element is there. Uh the run stopping ability is there. But I think Uman Milan, getting another consistent edge rusher, another consistent pass rusher in this rotation could really help them. And he's still growing in that, in that regard, but the flashes in 2023 have been very good. We talked about him in the preseason. Like, this is a guy we want to see more from as a pass rusher, and I think we have seen that. I think the the high-end reps, the spin moves, uh, the bend around the corner for his size with his length, he's definitely got the tools to do that. I and mean, then he's a really good run defender already. So I think Uman Milan can complete this edge-rushing rotation. You've got the absolute disruptor in Josh Allen. You've got the battering ram with Trayvon Walker. And you've got the the guy with the two-phase upside and utility with Uman Milan. I think it could really be a completing piece for them.
0: And on top of all of that, I think the thing that stood out to me most about Uma Milan is a lot of what stood out to me with will anderson as well the athleticism and fluidity to playing coverage with no issues whatsoever i think uma milan mm-hmm. if you had him play off ball linebacker he could survive i think that he's that athletic um he is definitely a pass rusher because he has he is all of six foot five and he's got long arms and he's got bend he's got everything that you would want in a pass rusher and he has shown improvement in his pass rush re- repertoire so far this season along with being a a good player against the run. So I I like what I've seen from him so far for Florida. At number 28, the Baltimore Ravens select Kaelin King, cornerback Penn State. I like Brandon Stevens. I I really like what they have with him. Uh, Marlon Humphreys is getting a little bit older, and the the Baltimore Ravens continue to have issues in the secondary or on their football team in general with staying healthy. Um, For me, it's just adding another piece and somebody who I think is a really good click and close guy downhill, somebody who you might not want or need uh, to, to line up and play a bunch of man coverage, but in Mike McDonald's offense or defense, that's not going to be a huge issue for him. He's going to be able to use that, you know, tape study that that he puts together and the size issue won't be an issue for him as long as he's not having to play Marvin Harrison Jr. every week.
1: Yeah, I love that. I love that. Kaelin King, obviously a little bit of a rocky game against MSJ, but I mean, come on, everyone's yeah. gonna have that, right? I think I I don't think count it against him too much, but you do take note the non-elite uh, size-adjusted explosiveness yeah I think that's that's the biggest thing, but still a very good player. Number twenty-nine for the the, the uh, Detroit Lions. I got Denzel Burke. I was I was a little I was kind of happy that Dalton didn't pick Burke because I was circling him. It. Yeah, I dude, honestly, the way that he's been playing for Ohio State this year, he missed that Penn State game, unfortunately, with an injury. But six one one ninety three, 193, I mean, he's back to his 2021 form and then some. He's been even better, I think, with his zone coverage, uh, with his pedal efficiency and his transitioning in space, but then also in man coverage, fleet-footed, twitchy, explosive, physical. Uh, and then as a former wide receiver, you know he knows how to play the ball. So I think, you know, for me, this lions team something they really prioritized with dan campbell was playing tough against the run coming downhill with a ton of veracity being physical against blocks and as a tackler i think denzel burke definitely brings that but on top of that too, the two-phase coverage ability uh, for me he's absolutely a round one corner prospect there was some questions about it in heading into the season but i don't think there's any question now he's a round one prospect cam sutton has been incredible so far for the lions but emmanuel mosley got injured and he's gonna be a free agent jerry mm-hmm. jacobs is gonna be a free agent too I think you re up that boundary corner position, and Denzel Burke for me is the perfect value here.
0: Yeah, the reason I didn't take him for Baltimore is the injury ish, the injury history. That's the only yeah. reason why I didn't take him because Baltimore can't can't stand to have to draft more injured guys, um, yeah. even if they are first round talents. Miami Dolphins select offensive lineman Graham Barton from Duke, uh, this is the twice now that I have done this. Uh, They love their versatility on the offensive line. And I think somebody like Graham Barton is able to bring that. I think that they have the right tackle that they want right now. I think that he's playing pretty well or the right guard as well. Um, The left tackle and left guard and possibly even center might be a little bit more of an issue for the Miami Dolphins. And, you know, especially at left tackle because Teron Armstead for as fantastic a player as he is, he just can't stay healthy. He's never been able to really stay healthy. That's always been the issue. And they need somebody to protect for Tuatung Valoa. Having that versatility is the best thing about Graham Barton, in my opinion. So I think that they select him late and uh kind of just find a fit for him for the best five that they can put together.
1: Nice. Number 31 for the Kansas City Chiefs. I felt a little illegal. Felt, yeah, it felt a little illegal with this one, but we went with it anyway. I mean, it's the Chiefs, right? Roma Dunze, a wide receiver out of Washington. You bolded this one. Uh, so, what what are we talking about it's here? Just gross. how, it's just how unfair it is. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's just gross <laughs> to, to put somebody like Rome, who is such a good downfield receiver um, and a, a playmaker, somebody who can create out of structure and, and really do a very good job showing those late hands on downfield passes as well. Penix has put uh, so many balls just on a string down the field this year to Rome and and Rome shows great late hands he's great at attacking the football in the air as well I just think he's a perfect fit for somebody like Patrick Mahomes who doesn't need a perfect fit because he is already perfect
1: yeah you look at this wide receiver core, and you're like really they're producing this much like and it's not a bad receiver and I like Rasheed Rice and 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 it's it's cool
0: to see Rasheed be playing well for them but you to get a dude Travis Kelsey is getting older And the love interest might start to pull him away from the game a little bit sooner than you might have expected from somebody like Travis Kelsey. Um, But no, no, no. Travis will will, will probably play for as long as he's still elite, and I don't see that slowing down anytime soon. When you look at Jason, Jason is older. Jason is playing on the offensive line and has been able to stay healthy and at the top of his game um, to just two Hall of Famers. So uh, I I think adding Romo Duns, even in year one, As a weapon is going to be a huge, huge uptick for this Kansas City offense that doesn't really need one.
1: Yeah, it boils down to outside of Kelsey, it's really been Mahomes elevating the wide receiver targets as opposed to the wide receiver targets elevating to his level and kind of playing off him. With Odunze, you get a first-round receiver talent who you mentioned at the late hands, the catching instincts are very good, but he's a complete three-level threat. I mean, he can separate the smooth athleticism after the catch. This guy can do whatever you need him to do, and they're using him in motions more. He's showing his versatility. I think he checks every box for the Chiefs, and I think the way that he'll be able to play with these guys is really going to take that offense to the next level, which sounds scary because they're already at level 110 or whatever. They're in the clouds right now. This can this can take them to space.
0: And at number 32, the last pick, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles select cornerback Kalen Carson from Wake Forest. You got two aging corners, and uh, you're going to reset the clock there on that position with Kalen.
1: I, I've seen a few. I've seen Tate McKaylam. I use a favorite of mine heading into the season. So I think, you know, the fleet footed coverage ability, the physicality, the explosiveness. I'm, I'm a big fan of this one. I think right at the end of round one, investing in him long term, that's that's the way to go. So now we've got through our picks. We've got a few quick hitters for each of us here. I think we've got enough time. So let's get right into it. Dalton, what was your toughest pick to make in this mock draft?
0: Uh, my toughest pick to make was the number two, Arizona, with with Marvin Harrison Jr. and Caleb Williams. I think that was the toughest one. I had a couple other tough ones, but that was the the most difficult one for me. What about you? Yeah.
1: Toughest one for me, the Los Angeles Rams. Talese yeah. Fuwaga was definitely up there, but I also wanted Chop Robinson. I wanted him really bad, man, because he's one of my favorite players that got in need at the edge rush position. Uh, so I was looking at that one, too. And then there were some corners that I was trying to think about. Nate Wiggins, Denzel Burke. Yeah. You know, I considered all those guys. But at the end of the day, you know, it just came back to Matthew Stafford and protecting him, and that was the most
0: important thing. We have we the, have time for one more. I'm going to ask you, and then we're going to get out of here. Players you wanted to fit into round one. And we Jeremiah can.
1: Trotter, Jr., linebacker yeah. from Clemson. He came into the year as a really solid two-phase guy, a guy who could you know stack and shed blocks, who was really instinctive, filling gaps. I thought he was a really good traditional linebacker, but this year he has been... He's been Barrett Carter and more. I mean, the dude has been explosive and bendy as a pass rusher. He's shown he can sear through gaps and use that ankle flexion to finish. I mean, he has been incredibly dynamic as a playmaker on top of that three down utility, traditional utility. So I think he's he's morphing into a complete linebacker prospect and a round one guy. So for me, I really wanted to fit him in. I was considering him as early as the top 20, but positional value, he just ended up slipping through.
0: And you guys know my answer. It's McKinley Jackson just because I want to fit McKinley Jackson. And everything that I do, draft-related, guys, thank you for listening. Make sure to give us five stars on any podcast uh, platform that you use. Make sure that you guys are shooting us comments on YouTube as well. Make sure you guys are watching YouTube because, I mean, why wouldn't you want to see us talking? Um, Or just put it on in the background and don't listen to it at all. I don't really care. Just get us the views. Anyways, as always, guys, I love you. Have a good week. Goodbye.